0: Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and the bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Go back to Christmas to find our purpose. Where we are headed as God's people today with this thought, look up. Look around and live. John 1, 6 to 8, 19 through 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. The context has defined the light as the person of Jesus, the light shining in the darkness of this world. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he wants. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally they said, well then who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, someone really cool? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, Where John was baptizing. This is the word of our God. Dear friends in Christ Jesus, I'm going to start off with a strange question in the pre Christmas season that we're in. It was okayed by last night's crew at five o'clock. Is it okay for the Christian to go into a bar? to watch the Packers, eat some wings, have a drink or two. We are free in Christ, aren't we? To make that decision and to do that, depending on the circumstances in our personal lives. I ask that question to get us thinking and remembering the freedom we have in Christ as I share this story. The man's name was John. He was sitting at the bar with his friends with a glass of Jack Daniels in his hand. The topic of conversation among his friends had turned to a TV news story that was on the TV behind the bar about how the number of U.S. residents claiming to be Christian was dropping. And with a slurred speech because John had too much alcohol on board, John chimed in and he said, well, count me as one, I'm a Christian, and everybody laughed. And John's like, why, why are y'all laughing? I am, I am a Christian. Awkward pause. Charlie spoke up. When pigs fly, John, I've never known you to go to church. And you can handle the J.D. better than most and drink us all under the table. If what you are is a Christian, can I be one too? John was angry and confused. So were his friends. Not angry, just confused. Isn't it ironic that sometimes the world knows better than the Christian, what God has called us to be? You know, the world thinks it wants nothing to do with Christianity, and sometimes, because the world thinks, well, if I would do that, it would change me, I would have to change, I would have to do things differently. You see, to be a Christian comes with a purpose, a purpose anchored in my God and focused on him and on you. You see, we are sent by God just like John the Baptist to look up, to look around, and to live. Let's get at our purpose in a very practical way. Let's have a quiz one question quiz. Okay? Here's your question. How long will you live on this earth? Ponder that. How long will you live on this earth? Now my confirmation kids when they get that question, uh, any quiz question, they know I'm fair, so we're going to make it multiple choice. Give us a chance to get it right, okay? So how long will I will I live on this earth? A. I hope a long time. Now that's a politician's answer, right? B. I don't know. That's honest. As long as God wants me to live. True or hedging? D, until God's purpose for me is complete. So ponder that in your heart and mind. Take a good long look. All right, while you're thinking about that, let me share with you a little account from the book of Acts. The Apostle Paul was in ancient Turkey, Asia Minor, on a mission trip. And he had gone to the city of Antioch. And as was his custom, he went, he, he began his preaching about Jesus as the Savior of the world by going into the Jewish synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he began to remind his fellow Jews at the synagogue about God's salvation history in the Old Testament. And as he was doing that, he touches on our our topic for today, and that is our purpose. The Apostle Paul brings up the name of King David. King David, the king of ancient Israel, who reigned from right around 1010 to 970 B.C., 40 years And through David, God made Israel one of the world powers, politically and militarily. Through David, God brought the children of Israel about the closest to their God that they'd been. And God allowed David to lay out the plans and the product, the the parts needed for his son Solomon to build the temple of the Lord. And then Paul makes this amazing statement. He said, When David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and was buried with his ancestors. Did you catch the comfort in that? Let me read it again. When David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and was buried with his ancestors. How long will you and I live on this earth? Well, the answer is D, until God's purpose for me is complete. Now, if that's true, then my living as a child of God, my purpose has everything to do with God's purpose, and I will be alive on this earth until God's purpose for me is done, and then I will die. So what is my purpose? What am I to be? What am I to do? Well, we have an amazing example uh, this morning in our friend, our good friend John the Baptist. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not not the Messiah. Now in the eyes of his fellow Jews, John was a great man. Crowds were flocking to him. Crowds were listening to him. Crowds were obeying him. He had power and influence. John was great. But John was also confusing by how he lived. John could have turned all the attention to himself, but he did not. The Gospel writer Mark tells us that John just wore his clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, eating grasshoppers, probably out of thin air, and wild honey. And he preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. A turning away from sin and in faith, turning to God for forgiveness. That was John. And when the important people of his day asked him who he was, are you the Messiah that we've been waiting for? Are you the reincarnated, reincarnated Elijah? Are you the prophet that Moses spoke about? He said, No. He quoted a passage about himself I am the voice of the one calling, make straight the way for the Lord. You see, God had sent John with purpose to prepare the people for the coming of Jesus, the light. Of the world, the one who came to bring light to the world through the forgiveness of sins through his own death, and the one to give us hope of eternal life through his own resurrection to life. And so John in his life spent his time looking up to find his purpose and the one who sent him. And then he looked around at the people around him, and with his life and it was with his lips, he pointed always to Jesus. He said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now in confirmation class, I typically ask the next quiz question early on in the year. Let's see how we do with this one. Here's your question. What is your primary purpose for being alive? What is your primary purpose for being alive? This one only has three multiple three guesses, so a little easier. What is your primary purpose for being alive? A, to enjoy this life that God has given me before I die. B, to have a relationship with God. C, to tell others about Jesus. What's fun is to watch the eighth graders and their, their opinion And their thoughts morph and change throughout the year. First time I ask it, typically rolls A, to enjoy the life that God has given me before I die. C, distant second. B, not on the radar. But by the end of the year, they would roll like this. B, to have a relationship with God. C, to tell others about Jesus. And A, as God wills, to enjoy this life that God has given me before I die our primary purpose before our God now why the change well just like you and me those eighth graders are pretty good at learning to look, to listen and to grow with their God and to learn more about him and more about themselves and we look at passages spoken by Jesus like in Matthew 5 where Jesus says of us the people of God you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And then Mark 16, where Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation that whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. You see, it's Jesus who teaches us to look up and find our purpose and then to look around and see people and to live for him and for them, for you and for me. My purpose is God's purpose. Now, in all honesty, I think when growing up, I thought that John the Baptist's purpose was my pastor's purpose, not mine. This go into all the world and let your light shine and bring people to believe in Jesus thing. That was for him. Friday, I was decorating the tree at our house, pulling out old ornaments and reminiscing, and I came across one from 2011. And I think one of my daughters gave it to me. It's a, it, it's a you know, I, I, like, I like to hunt and fish. And when I was younger, I really liked to hunt and fish. Okay, And so I got this ornament, and it says on there, 2011, Nathan, born to hunt. I smiled, I thought, I hung it on the tree, it's part of, who, part of me. But every year I get to reminisce and think about how God has changed me and morphed me and reminded me that as a child of God, I am saved by faith in Jesus for eternal life and saved by Jesus for this life to live my life for him and for you. I am the resident missionary here at the bridge at St. Paul's, but I'm not the resident missionary mostly because I'm a pastor called to do it. I am the resident missionary because it's what God has molded and shaped me to be. And guess what? He's molding and shaping you too. Our doing comes from our sense of being. Ponder that one. Our doing comes from our sense of being. Some of our favorite verses, probably in Scripture, are quoted on the screen next from Ephesians 2. We won't cover it all, but Paul writes, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Our doing comes from our sense of being. How are you and I supposed to live out our purpose on this planet? How do we take our specific gift set from our God and turn it so that our lives focus people on Jesus as their Savior? Remember, God has prepared works in advance for us to do. We've done this before at the bridge, but remember, God gave us ten commandments to know how to love. And then he put people in our lives to love with purpose. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Our purpose lived to the glory of God. To be a Christian is to understand why Jesus, the Son of God, became a son of man that first Christmas. Jesus came because of our sin. Jesus came into our world because our sin brought death and brings death. Without Jesus, we would be slaves to sin. Sin would own us, ponder that. Without Jesus, sin would own us. And without Jesus, there would be no hope For life with God after we die, there would only be fear of God's punishment. But Jesus came at Christmas to prepare a people for the coming of the Lord. He came to live and to die perfectly for us, a perfect sacrifice for the sin of the world. Suffering hell in our place on the cross so that by faith you and I would be holy through the forgiveness of sins. He rose from the dead so that we would never doubt the forgiveness and the freedom that are ours in Jesus. And he lived his entire life telling us the good news of the kingdom of God. Believe in me and you will live even though you die. To make a people ready for the Lord is why John the Baptist came. To make a people ready for the Lord is why Jesus came that first Christmas. And now that purpose has been handed off to you and me. John the Baptist is in heaven. Jesus ascended into heaven and he's left the work for us. To live so that people sense and even see Jesus' love in us. To speak so that the world hears of their Savior from sin, Jesus, from us. The family and friends in our lives. At the holidays, in the bar, around the Christmas tree. We are different in our Jesus' That people might know that we are Christians and through our lips know the one who has made us so. You see, Jesus changes who we are and how we live. Pulling a few things together. Recently, if you've been receiving Pastor Pete's devotions, he shared with us again one of the quotes from his dad that his dad said he got from somebody else and when I searched it online, couldn't find exactly who quoted this originally, but it it goes like this. The cemetery is filled with people the world could not live without. Ponder that again. The cemetery is filled with people the world could not live without. I don't know exactly what that says to you, but what it says to me is that there are gifted people in this world who know that they are gifted, and, or think that they are gifted and important, or the world recognizes them as gifted and important, but unless your face is chiseled on Mount Rushmore and you give a reason why your face was chiseled up there, you just become one of hundreds of headstones. And people walk through the cemetery looking for great-grandma glance at you and don't give you a second thought. But if the cross of Jesus Christ is on your headstone, and maybe there's words from God for someone to read as they're passing by, at least we know, wow, there's someone who died with the faith of King David when David had served God's purpose in his own generation He fell asleep. And then we assume that the person lived like John the Baptist. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The cemetery is filled with people the world could not live without. True, in their generation, we matter as we live and we shine for our Jesus to our children, our grandchildren, to our friends. God has given us purpose so that we matter. If you don't think you matter, look to Jesus and find who you are and remember your purpose. If you don't think you matter, look around and see the people in your life and shine for Jesus. Because while we live, we matter for here. When we die, we matter forever with God. It's a beautiful thing. But you're here because you matter. You're here because you have purpose. John the Baptist's father was Zechariah. And Zechariah was told by the angel Gabriel, name your kid John. Now John was not a family name. There was no earthly reason to name him John. But you see, God's purpose for our lives always wins out. And God had a purpose for John. John was going to point to the Savior. Look, the Lamb of God, with his entire life, his entire being, with his words. And so God told Zechariah, name your boy John. You know what it means? The Lord is gracious. You think John in the bar knows what his name means? You think mom and dad knew and thought they picked John with purpose? It's our boy. The Lord is gracious. No matter. But think about John. Could you be the son or daughter of the kingdom who turns to John and teaches him what his name means? To teach him to look up to the God who died for him and invite him into his purpose? Look up, John. Look around and live. As we head into Christmas, may all of us remember what the baby in Bethlehem made us to be. Redeemed forever, children of God. May we look around us at the people in life and may may we share our Jesus. Let us look up, look around, and live. It's our purpose, to his glory. And when our work is done, We will fall asleep in Jesus and God will take us safely home. Amen. We pray. Great God and Lord, what a cool deal it is that we belong to you. That when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he saw each and every one of us, and he came with purpose. Twofold purpose to save us from our sins and give us life eternal. Second purpose to give us purpose for being alive. We thank you that we can look up to heaven and know you as our Savior and Lord, that we can hear your words from heaven through your written scriptures. That we may know your promises to us that one day you will take us safely home to you. And then you give us the vision to look around us in this life and see people. Teach us to shine for you by how we live. If I could say it, Lord, by how we drink our Jack Daniels to your glory. By how we speak. Teaching John the meaning of his name inviting him into the the purpose for his life that God has envisioned. Help each and every one of us to step, step into our purpose. We are here to have a relationship with you. Jesus took care of that at the cross and at the empty tomb. We are here to share that message, our Jesus, with the world, their Jesus. And yes, then we are called by you to live this life to your glory with the joys and the challenges that you give us, always trusting that no matter what, we are yours and heaven is ours. So much packed into that baby in the manger of Bethlehem. Thank you, Spirit of God, for preparing our hearts this day to receive him again as our Savior and Lord. Thank you for being the one who guides us into your word and truth, that teaches us the commandments, the moral will of our God, and we thank you, Creator, for bringing the people into our lives, every single one of them—the ones that give us joy, the ones that make us frown—they are a blessing to us that we can shine for you. So, thank you for challenging us today to know our purpose. Take us back further yet toward Christmas in the next week and, and week or two yet, and help us to know you better as our Savior. And now, great God and Lord, we ask you to hear and to bless our prayer that your Son taught us to pray as we, your people, gather all of our thoughts, all of our concerns, all of our needs, even some of our wants, and put them before your throne. We pray together as God's people the Lord's Prayer. Words for us on the screen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now receive with believing hearts the name of our Lord, a name that means the God who is, the I am God who always blesses, who always is faithful to his promises. Receive the blessing of his name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and always give you his peace. And together God's people say, Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.